0: All right, here we go. Hour three. It is a great day for talk radio. It's also a rather warm day. And yet uh, we got three cool cats right here in the studio with us. Uh, They've reconvened after summer hiatus. Everybody was on holiday (laughs) at one time or another. So it's get acquainted time right now. Ernie Eves is the former premier and finance minister in the province. Ernie, long time no see.
1: How are you, John? Greetings from PEI. Oh, really? Uh, That's great. What did you do there? I was on, there in business, but I managed to squeeze in around a golf at Crowbush Cove. Sorry. Okay.
0: Yeah, business was the excuse. Uh, <laughs> he always travels with a set of clubs on business. Good enough. Uh, Where would it go? Crowbush Cove, one of the uh, great golf courses out on the East Coast. Did you go to, like, lobster suppers and things like that? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh,
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, quite the business tripper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's uh, also say hello to Buzz Hargrove, the past president of the Canadian Auto Workers, now distinguished visiting professor at Ryerson University's Ted Rogers School of Management. Buzz, how you been keeping?
2: I'm doing great, John. Good to see you.
0: Likewise. And John Turley Ewart is back with us, risk management consultant specializing in capital markets, extensive experience on both Bay and Wall Streets. Johnny, good to see you as well.
3: Thank you very much.
0: Hey, listen, guys, uh, we have some big negotiations taking place. They resumed after a four-day hiatus. I'm talking about NAFTA now. By the way, Buzz, because you were the guy who would, you know, sit in the negotiator's chair when uh, things would get heated as they were late last week, you know, with the Friday deadline imposed by Trump, then suddenly there's a four-day break. Does that kill the momentum? Does that hit a reset button? What happens?
2: Under normal circumstances, it would. You'd be concerned. Uh, But uh, with this uh, Trump administration, uh, nothing should surprise us, and uh, everybody just throws their hands up and says, we'll just get back at it. I I really like the way that Krista Friedland is handling this. She's not getting uh, to a point where she's saying, to hell with it, we're going to walk away. She's not just throwing a tantrum. She's just going to say, we're going to keep at it. We want a, a good deal for Canadians. That's our first objective and that sh- that's the way it should be.
0: Yeah, like late last week, there were a lot of uh, accusations, recriminations that the liberals had booted this and uh, you know Trump was holding all the cards. John, did you see kind of a shift happening within the last four or five days?
3: Well, I, I think people are still stung by how the Mexicans uh, did this bilateral deal with the U.S. I think if there is room for criticism, it is uh, on those grounds that uh, the Canadians at the beginning of these negotiations your members said, you know, they'll work with their Mexican partners to have a, a, a trilateral deal. Uh, and then uh, the the U.S. said to Canada get lost and, and negotiated a bilateral one with Mexico. And Mexico basically said the same thing. So I think there's some room for criticism there. But but Buzz is correct. Christopher Freeland's acting like an adult here. She's not jumping up and down and getting uh, us into trouble. But uh, with that said, uh, I think that there's going to be some... Uh, you know, if, if Trudeau walks away without it, without Canada having a, a, a deal with the U.S. and we get 25% tariffs on, the big R word is going to happen, and that's recession in Canada, and that's not something he wants.
0: All right, uh, look, there are some things I guess Canada is standing firm on, and by the way, do you think Canada should be, Ernie, do you think Canada should call Trump's bluff on some of these things because... Some of the pivot over the last few days has been the people in Congress are saying, and then there was the big AFL-CIO leader, uh, the union Richard guy, Trumka. Richard Trumka, who also said, "You know, this is going to be bad for some of our members, the workers, uh, the the consumers in the states. You know, on the t- because of tariffs on autos and so on and so forth." Do you sense that maybe this thing has shifted somewhat in our favor? <laughs>
1: It's hard to determine, with Donald Trump in the White House, what's shifting where. I mean, really, any logical person would know that, especially in the automotive industry, the economies and in the industry, that whole sector is so intertwined with parts going back and forth and different parts assembled and manufactured in different places. You would think it was be ab- absolute foolishness to think about canceling the deal, but Trump is, seems to be in a different planet a you uh read some of the stuff or heard some of the stuff coming out of the Woodward book fear in the white house,
0: right? Which he's discovered. Pa- apparently
1: he demanded that there be a document placed on his desk in April of 2017 canceling NAFTA. And one of his aides just slightly removed the document and said he'll never remember that it was there in the first place. And that turned out to be true, I guess, but maybe somebody woke him up and now he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to go back to his original plan. But, I mean, it's almost, it's not laughable. I mean, it would, it would be laughable if it wasn't so serious. But this is very, very serious consequences, especially for Canada. And the U.S., too, down the line, sure, everything might be hunky-dory for the next six months. But if Trump insists on going down this road, you know, two, three, four, five years from now, the U.S. is going to be hurting because of lack
0: of Well, this is time. the point that Richard Trumka, the head of the AFL-CIO, was saying. in Buzz, you know, uh, when he's... You know the leader of a union and arguably Trump was saying uh, he was doing this NAFTA thing to protect American jobs and he thought the Union guys would be on side and you know some have been because uh, they think he will repatriate maybe some of these manufacturing jobs which you on a previous occasion said they ain't coming back uh, but did he lose Trumpka and the American worker is I mean Trump a sort of the outlier how do you how do you read it
2: well uh- uh, well, firstly, Trump, Trump, you remember, is uh, president of the uh, broad labor body, something like the Canadian Labor Congress here uh, is. And within that, there's a, a, a variety of trade uh, unions that have their own opinion. And within each individual union, there's a variety of locals that take their uh, position. Steel workers, for example, uh, in some of the uh, steel uh, towns have been hard hit by... Closures. uh, They're supporting Trump. They're supporting uh, the tariffs and uh, and the whole uh, whole bit. So there's no unanimity. But again, there's a lot of people in the labor movement and outside the labor movement uh, will listen uh, to uh, Richard uh, Trump. So Trump does himself no no favors by saying this. So remember, there's two issues. One is NAFTA. We can live without NAFTA. NAFTA, uh, the duties between Canada and the United States, and even Canada and Japan and other countries today is uh, is relatively small. But when you start talking about 25% tariffs, which everything I've read is illegal, if they take them to the World Trade Organization, they're going to win it without a question because there's a lot of uh, of uh, history uh, on that. But then, like Ernie says, you let this thing set for six months. Uh, and you're, you're trying to put the toothpaste back into the uh, into the tube with the uh, auto sector in the meantime a lot of jobs in both countries are going to uh, uh, disappear in Mexico John uh, the United States has bullied Mexico since the, the beginning of time and that's what they're doing here they signed a lot of parts to that uh, agreement their new agreement with the US that they would never agree to if they weren't felt they didn't feel that they were being bullied to do so and it was going to cost them so much more if they didn't. All right,
0: and so Canada's hanging tough, and we're not capitulating. And you guys were saying, well, Christian Freeland. Remember, is, uh, remember,
2: Brian Mulroney held on the same issue, Article Nineteen. Yeah, he did. He held on the same issue with uh, Ronald Reagan and said, we're not signing it without an independent body looking at whether or not the dispute is proper.
0: That's the dispute uh, resolution uh, yes. or mechanism. But there are uh, some things too. Canada signal we're not going to uh, negotiate away, or they're non-negotiable. And, John, i got to ask you, because, I mean, uh, you're a free marketeer. This supply management thing became a big talking point late last week, that this was the chip that Trump really wanted uh, to, you know, take that off the table and Canada uh, would have to dismantle supply management. Do you think it's about time that we
3: did so? Well, I would say that... uh, Yes. Yeah. In, in short, I think the answer is yes. I, I do not think that's going to be what uh, Trudeau uh, will uh, die on. If that, you know, the, it won't be supply management. But he's in a difficult position, obviously, because the, there's an election going on in Quebec. Uh, the Premier of Quebec has said, you know, just watch me uh, in terms of what <laughs> I'll do if you get rid of supply management in this deal. Uh, so he's, I mean, obviously the Premier of Quebec wants to get reelected. elected uh, So, you know, he's got that going on. The Conservatives have come out, federally and said they support supply management, which I think is a rather sly approach to things because they know very well that that it would be on the table uh, if a deal comes into play and uh, Trudeau loses Quebec next year in the election, the Conservatives will come back and say, "Well, we'll try to negotiate supply management back in there." But they know very well that that won't happen. So he's in a tricky state. But I do not see him sacrificing, uh, you know, NAFTA uh, for supply management. My understanding is forty thousand uh, farmers who've got something between like fifteen and sixty cows uh, each. You know, that it's that, that, small family farms that Quebec is trying to preserve, and it costs the Canadian consumer an awful lot of money. And uh, I just can't see that uh, being the, the sword he dies on.
2: Uh, but, by the way, there's a lot of room between getting rid of supply management and getting a deal. Sure. Uh, if he's really interested in getting a deal, uh, Canada has already shown that they're willing to give somewhat with their agreement with the European community and the TPP. Uh, they have made some concessions on supply well, we, management. Yeah, we've allowed
0: subsidized dairy to come into our country. Right, at right. TPP, small
2: but then Trump, then we Trump the canceled quotas.
1: TPP. <laughs> right,
0: he's not a party
1: to it. <laughs> he, he had the deal there, but he turfed
0: it well you know i'm kind of curious because uh buzz let me just try to get some insight into negotiating because you sat in the catbird seat now maybe contracts are different than trade deals i don't know but uh what do we need to know what are the dynamics in successful negotiations when do you know uh to push to concede uh when to stand firm that kind of thing How, how do you suss that out is it about personalities the process principles you stand on what's the dynamic
2: well, one of the problems here is the process. There's, there is really no deadline. As you've already saw, we've well, went Trump-imposed one. Pardon? Trump-imposed we, one. We've already went through three yeah. Trump-imposed <laughs> deadlines, and they went by the wayside, and I mean, if you, if you know anything about bargaining, if you're around the bargaining table and somebody threatens to, to do something, and then they wake up the next morning and say, well, we we're only kidding. Uh, <laughs> you know, the bargaining's not going to go very far. You've got no mechanism to force people to make a, a final decision. So I I, I don't see a, a good uh, outcome here, but I don't see a bad outcome for, for Canada because we, uh, in the short term, we can suffer uh, some pain because of the uh, the tariff, but... Uh, my sense of it is the World Trade Organization would move very quickly for a hearing uh, if there's a 25% tariff applied to uh, to the auto sector.
1: But what do you do if the U.S. If Trump just says, The hell with you? I don't care what the World Trade Organization says. I'm not doing it. You're no, going uh, to.
2: That's, that's, that's the other side of it. If he, <laughs> he does that, nobody can deal with that. You just have to say, We're going to deal with the cards we have, and we're going to have a lot smaller industry going. Um, I mean, I heard Jerry well, Dias. Oh, go ahead. Jerry Dias tell a parliamentary committee. I watched him on. Uh, CPAC, Act uh, that if they go ahead with both canceling NAFTA and imposing the twenty five percent tariff on automob- automobiles built in Canada and sold in the U.S. and parts, uh, you're going to see all of our automotive assembly plants close, which is uh, which is the real strength of our our industry. Well, and that's why John
0: made the point earlier uh, that would lead to the big R recession, mm-hmm. and so uh, we're really on the precipice of something. See, I don't know if Trump knows. Uh, and has calculated that this is the fear that we would harbor, uh, or is he just, you know, making stuff up on the fly? Because really, uh, the narrative had changed when people started to realize it really is Congress who holds right. the cards. And
3: so this is this is the key point here, is that, and I think the Canadians behind the scenes have been working hard with Republicans in Congress and, and others and governors to ensure that they, you know, it's a deal that includes Canada because in Congress there's still some sane people left uh, who understand the integration of, of, of the economies and what, what's happening here. So I would say the plan B for, for the Trudeau government is to have Congress on side so that they can uh, at least preserve NAFTA uh, as it stands uh, and, and maybe modify it with some of the, the deal uh, that was made in Mexico, but not to kick Canada out.
0: Guys, we'll come back. There's a lot to discuss here on the Wednesday Roundtable. Ernie Eves, former Premier and Finance Minister. Buzz Hargrove, one-time head of the Canadian Auto Workers Union. And John Turley-Ewart, all kinds of experience on Bay and Wall Streets. More to discuss momentarily on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.